Hey everybody, sorry I'm late. I was working as a jeweler in New York and I got this really uh, elaborate and beautiful opal from Africa and I'm a real piece of shit, but I had to have someone else to interact with who was named after a precious gem. Uh, so I was hanging out with Kevin Garnett because as we all know, a Garnett is a gem that could be uncut. Uh, you're listening to This Film Has Not Yet Created, the podcast <laughs> where we make up our own versions of movie sequels that never got made. I'm Chris Rivas, and with me as always is my co-host, Mr. Steve Grande. Hi, sorry I'm late. I was uh, practicing at my local uh, vet- veterinary office, and uh, all of a sudden the animals started speaking to me. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's wild. Uh this week we have a very special guest. She is a clown, part of the Hot Clown Sex Company. Uh, she's a conspirator with the conspirators. She is a playwright. Uh, I think she just joined uh, the Neo Futurists uh, right I didn't. before. <laughs> I very much did not. I didn't do my research, um, but I do know this. I do know that. Um, Steve, uh, our good friend Steve, is a huge fan of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. I am. But our guest today is actually legit best friends with Bob Odenkirk. So, (laughs) 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 of course, I'm talking about the wonderful and super funny Megan Morse. Yes, thank you so much for having me. And I am so sorry I'm late. I cannot sleep. I cannot dream tonight. I need somebody in always. The sick, strange darkness comes creeping on so haunting every time. And as I stared, I counted the webs from all the spiders are catching things and eating their insides, like indecision to call you and hear your voice of treason. Will you come home and stop this pain tonight? Stop this pain to don't waste your time on me. You're already the voice. So that's Megan, uh, <laughs> in a nutshell. Uh, I, li- I like how you did yours through a song. Yeah. You're the I've, first one to ever do first a song. Movie, you know, a song. And, the, and it's applicable because it's about a movie. Yeah. Good job. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Uh, this week we are talking The Life of Pi. And mm. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. We were all a little disappointed when we started it and realized yeah. it wasn't going to be tasty. Like the only um, Boston cream in the room was me. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we were we were wanting to have Megan on for a while, and the initial movie you wanted to do, we might do down the road, so we don't want to spoil it here, but mm-hmm. we will say that um, there were some initial reservations about that. I doubt that movie. <laughs> and we uh, decided we would switch it up. And also we haven't done something that's super like beautiful and artistic like this movie was. And so we were like, let's do Ang Lee. We haven't we haven't had a lot of journeys yeah. in this podcast so far. Yeah, so we thought let's do the life of Pi. And I know you'd read the book. How was seeing the movie compared to that? It was really good. They really brought the beauty out of because I love that book so much. Yeah, and they really brought in all like the artistic beauty of the book into the movie. So I loved it. It was really good. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I remember seeing this movie as. Not like watching it when it first came out or anything, but going to like Best Buy or Walmart. And this was the movie playing on all the TVs to advertise how beautiful the TV picture was. And all I remember thinking is, it's a really good. Maybe I should watch that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad it came full circle for you. (laughs) The life of Chris. (laughs) 
Um, my only, uh, I haven't had a lot of Ang Lee experiences, so uh, it was interesting to see another movie after I saw the Hulk movie that he created. Right. right. Um, which makes me feel like this was directed by the same person. Like this is, this is so gorgeous and so uh, just just so extravagant. Yeah. To where that was I'm, cheesy and chalky. I would say I'm an Angly fan. Uh, like, I liked Hulk uh, with Eric Bana. And, like, there's this this bit that sticks out in my mind. Maybe it was on The Daily Show. I don't remember. Some comedian was talking about how there were complaints that in the Hulk movie, Hulk didn't look real. And his answer was, yeah, because he's a seven-foot-tall <laughs> green comic book character. Because he's what not fucking real. Want? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just realized that he did uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. He did Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I he had no did idea. Brokeback Mountain. Love it. He did Lust Caution, which is one of my favorite movies uh, of his, which is about a... Maybe we should do that on the podcast at some point. But yeah. it's about a uh, Japanese-occupied China in World War II. And this woman who uh, <coughs> becomes like a spy and... Uh, seduces the leader of the occupying forces to assassinate him but she oh. accidentally falls in love with him oh my god what's that called like honey honey pot honey pot yeah, yeah. i love that yeah <laughs> yeah so ang lee man uh as m night Shyamalan would say ong lee well we're not him <laughs> <laughs> tomato potato yep um Let's go ahead and get into, unless you guys have anything you really are dying to say about this. I think if, if you've seen Life of Pi, it basically speaks for itself, I think. It does. Uh, uh, the only thing I have to say is I didn't realize that the guy who was old Pi was uh, was the guy from Jurassic World. Yeah. Who dies in a helicopter crash. Yeah. And he, like, the actor passed away recently, too. Oh, my did God, he really? did he? Yeah, just a couple months ago. Oh, my oh, gosh. Maybe, maybe a month ago. Yeah. Oh, no. Was yeah. it helicopter related, was it? No, I don't think so. Uh, it could have been corona related. Ooh. Which, Should I look it up? Um, yeah, look it up. This is also today. Um, I don't know. Just whenever you're listening. Whenever to you're this. listening to it. But when we recorded it, when we're recording this now, uh, today's the day that John Lewis passed away as well. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, oh. it's a sad day for. It is. For the world. He did not die of um, corona. No. no. He, he had a, a, neuro, I mean, a, neuro, a neuroendocrine tumor. I That's amazing that you remember that from the article that you read earlier today. <laughs> 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 that you definitely don't still have pulled up on your computer. <laughs> exactly. A what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So let's, on that sour note, let's <laughs> turn it around. That's a transition. Um, if I ever heard one. Um, so we're going to talk about Life of Pi. And I think, Steve, uh, we're going to start with you today. Yes. So I, go ahead and take us away. I have a couple scenes um, for this movie. Uh, it has nothing to do with Pi. Pi is not in it at all. This is the life of Richard Parker. Oh. But isn't Richard Parker Pi? No, Richard Parker's the Thanks to the reality. <laughs> Richard Parker's the the tiger, right? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. He didn't watch the movie. <laughs> Was there a deeper message that I missed? 
Apparently. Yeah. Yeah, they, I thought they spelled it out at the end, like yeah. three times. What, that he's Richard? Wait, what happened? Yeah. He's yeah. Explain Parker. it to me. Richard Parker is like a figment of his imagination. Yeah, at the end of the movie, they explained that all the animals that he was trapped with were Humans. were real people. That oh, okay. he was just He was using <laughs> animals to represent them to make it more palatable. Oh, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Well, and so, like, and the tiger to, was him. Yeah, so he doesn't have to deal with the fact that he killed people and watched his mother get decapitated. Yeah. Gotcha. So who was him? Richard no. Parker was Pi. Oh, Richard, the- Richard Parker's like, so like Pi is himself, but Richard Parker's like the embodiment of the evil and violence uh, that, that. Like the animalistic. The animalistic things that, that took over him that, that helped him survive. And that he cried at the end because he had to let them go because he didn't need to survive anymore at the end. Okay, cool. Well, anyway, (laughs) (laughs) mine's about a tiger. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, (laughs) Okay. Uh, Wow, I can't believe I missed that. There was a whole monologue and everything. No, I heard it, but he was like, which story do you want to believe? And I was like, I choose the one with the tiger. Yeah. (laughs) You know what it is? It's probably because... we got high when it got like really colorful and it was like, ooh. Yeah. yeah. And then it just carried over. You have to be responsible with your movies, Angley. You can't show us something pretty and want us to toke up and then drop a huge thing at the end. All right. So the roles of this, uh, Megan, you will be playing Luna and Larry. Uh, Revis, you'll be playing Curly and Anthony. Um, and then I will be Richard Parker, Mo, and I will not say <laughs> that character and keep it a surprise for okay. the, okay. for the listeners. That's awesome. All right. So, uh, I got kind of three parts. I got two big parts. Uh, the first one is kind of like a whole scene. Doesn't really have any dialogue. <clears throat> um, the second one is a full out scene. And then the third one's just kind of like a cap to that scene. Okay. All right, here we go. Montage plays over tranquil harp notes. We see a luscious interior of a jungle brimming with life. In the distance, a tiger approaches quietly through the brush of the giant leaves. The tiger is Richard Parker. It looks like he has been living on the island for many months. He looks well-fed, healthy, and in the prime of his life. The montage shows him uh, living his best life, stalking his (laughs) prey, licking water from a pond, eating a boar on top of a pride rock like (laughs) boulder, uh, (laughs) sleeping in vines, uh, slow motion shots of him running through an open field. The montage fades out with Richard Parker as he's walking through the jungle. After taking a few steps, he hesitantly stops. He stares into the darkness in the faraway tree leaves. He sniffs his nose towards that direction and realizes something is back there. He slowly creeps towards it, adjusting his body to pounce at any given moment. He inches closer towards leaping onto his hidden prey, but freezes when he hears a loud gunshot go off. The gunshot disorients Richard Parker as he then feels a net drop onto him from above. Oh, no. Richard Parker fiercely tries to claw out of the net as five men emerge 
from the surrounding darkness. Two of the men fire off tranquilizer darts at him, but miss, causing the other members uh, to shock him with taser rods. Not so good. (laughs) Richard Parker fights back and swipes the closest man that is prodding him. The giant claws stick out of the net as he scratched the man in the biceps, nearly tearing all the way through his arm and almost severing it. Richard Parker uh, rapidly tries to move forward, making a surprising amount of progress, but the net hinders him. He makes one giant push and starts to squeeze out of the bottom of the net. At that moment of almost freeing himself, he falls into a 10 foot uh, booby trap hole. He topples into the net, with the net now being completely wrapped around his body. Richard looks up and sees four of the men standing above him. POV shot of the men firing their tranquilizer darts at him, and a couple seconds later, we fade to darkness. Richard awakes in a cage on the back of a moving truck. As they drive away, he sees a sun setting over his jungle. He tries to stand up to scratch at the cage, but immediately collapses as he is still being affected by the sedative. He lays his head on his paw and stares at the cargo box directly across from him. We see the cargo boxes say, property of the Greater Winwood Animal Park, Winwood, Oklahoma. <laughs> Cut to the aerial wide shot of the truck, driving off into the distance (laughs) exterior night gw zoo cages and also these cages i don't know if you saw the documentary but it's not an actual cage it's just like a a big enclosed fence area by documentary you mean life of pi All right. Uh, The tigers gather for a meeting inside of the cage. (laughs) They are settled in a circle around each other. Luda, the leader of their ambush, which is what a group of tigers is called, steps to the center. Yeah, we we looked it up. (laughs) That's amazing. Brothers, sisters, I gather here tonight to inform you of the horror that I have witnessed As you know, Blanca injured her leg during yesterday's demonstration. I saw many people go into the infirmary. Last of them was a man in a white coat. Shortly after he entered, many of the people left. Late in the night, I witnessed the man in the lab coat directing four men carrying a large black tarp. I saw a white paw sticking through the tarp. Yet another of our beloved sisters has fallen due to the hand of our master. This aggression will not stand. We must bite the hand that feeds us. We must kill Joe Exotic. And we must kill him tonight. The ambush is silent. Many of the tigers are fearful. A few of the younger tigers, Mo, Larry, and Curly, and yes, they are real tigers in that zoo, are excited by the prospect. They stand up and address the other tigers. Yeah, we need to make sure that bastard doesn't breathe another breath. I can't wait to taste something that isn't expired ham in that disgusting bowl lone knee. Oh. <laughs> Yuck! If I have to hear how he hates that Kara woman one more, a loud voice booms from the recording studio near the cage. Joe Exotic's words echo over the park. Well, guess what, motherfucker? Carol, I'm gonna expose you for... Mo lowers his head in disgust. Jesus Christ. Is anyone else sick of it or is it just me? Roar! Roar! <laughs> Roar! It could 
be worse. At least we weren't at the bottom of a septic tank. It could be worse. You could be married to Carol Baskins. <laughs> ah, sick. Have you seen her new guy? I wouldn't eat that cuck if he was the last prey on Earth. My cousin told me the first guy didn't taste all that great, so that checks out. See, this is what I'm talking about. Now, can we all agree that Carol Baskins is equally horrible and just fucking move on from, from fucking hearing about it? The whole ambush roars fiercely in solidarity. Roar! <laughs> Luna roars the loudest and gains the ambush's attention. I understand the way you're feeling. Joe Exotic pops his head out of the door and recording studio and looks towards the tigers. Hey, will you idiots knock it off? You better shut the fuck up or else you're going to get the hose again. Joe goes back inside. Yet another reason why this man needs to meet his demise. In order for this to work, one of us will have to take the fall. The first time he enters one of our cages, whether he is alone or not, one of us will have to slay him. As you know, I am the first one to be fed. This is a sacrifice I am more than willing to take to ensure the future for us all. But if he doesn't enter my cage, we all must be willing to do this if the opportunity presents itself. This is our plans. If you have any objections, rise now. The whole ambush stays still. Anthony, a tiger that was born and raised in the park, stands up. If we kill him, what happens to us? What happens to this place? These humans will never set us free. So what is the point of killing this man when our fate has already been sealed? My anger is outweighed by my fear. Uh, the, the whole ambush turns their heads and sees another tiger emerge from the darkness. Anthony realizes who it is and immediately sits back down. The tiger is old and staggers as he walks in. A close-up reveals it's Richard Parker. He stands eye to eye with Luna, sizing her up for a second. He steps back. As uh, she steps back as Richard Parker takes the center of the circle. There's not enough room to roam in this cage. We are constantly underfed. He has domesticated us to the point where small children are riding on our backs. This is not the way that we should live. No animal should be forced to live this way. I hate him with all of my being. And so do you. Yeah. But killing this man will get us nowhere. If he dies, another like him will take his place. I've been in prison before uh, this place. I escaped and found a land of my own. Men like him brought me back to this prison. There is nothing that I wouldn't do to see those green leaves once again. There is another way. The tigers in the ambush all bow their heads as we pan up towards the night sky. Exterior, day. George, I mean, George Washington. <laughs> I always... I always did that when I was watching the show. Uh, the GW Zoo cages. Blast of water hoses crash upon the smoldering recording studio. Joe Exotic and his workers crowd behind the firefighters, crying as they watch the building collapse upon itself. Richard Parker is in his cage, watching the event. Luna walks up beside him. If you were going to burn down a building, why couldn't it have been the one that he was in? Because the crocodiles were still in there. 
Luna is shocked. She takes a second and shoots a disgusted look at Richard Parker. You killed another imprisoned animal, but not him? That is not our code. Word will travel that this man is responsible for killing animals. He will be condemned by his own kind, a fate far more appropriate than any justice we could serve him. How are you not horrified by what you've done? I've done much worse to stay alive. Richard Parker looks at Luna. I'll stay in the darkness so the rest of you can live in the light. <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> the end. Damn. Damn, bitch! <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know what? Despite the fact that you didn't... <laughs> connect the dots at the end of the movie this could be the sequel <laughs> uh, it's just telling the story of those elements of his personality and how they're being tamed by the other elements and how they're trying to escape and oh yeah dude it's deep okay. as fuck it also gives me a reason to make a Tony the Tiger joke <laughs> Wait, what's his name? Was Anthony? And I, oh, I put, oh, okay. I put oh, it out. bitch. Okay, I get it. That was too clever. <laughs> that was too clever. He didn't say great ever. That's what I was. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to like shovel it on. I just thought when I said Anthony the a tiger. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it was. Maybe you should have had him like. He's uh, greatly his, outweighed by right, my fear. Yeah. His hair is frosted and. Uh, <laughs> That's true. That's true. I could have done that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like the things he does. Yeah, I just just imagine it as the dramatic counterpart to Tiger King. Yeah. Yeah, I I like the way you tied it into to Tiger King. And the opening scene is very uh, reminiscent of, like, Ace Ventura 2, when those goons attack him in the jungle. Right? That's all I could It's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah, but yeah, I've never seen it. I'm sorry. Oh my God. What is wrong with you? Get out of my house. No. <laughs> um, it, uh, Jim Carrey's a whole other topic. But uh, no, that was. Hell yeah, dude. That was, was deep. Great. That was like deeper, I think, than you thought it was. Yeah, oh no. It was. <laughs> I, I, I was definitely fighting with myself of like, do I make it a real drama? Nah, I want to get some Carol Baskin jokes yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I sort of did the same thing. Um, I didn't do Tiger King, but it's also like, it's very goofy. Um, so <laughs> I can mine, tell by the title. Yeah. So mine is called The Sweet Life of Pi. <laughs> and sweet, of course, is spelled. S-U-I-T-E. Yep. <laughs> and the idea here is that it takes place uh, maybe in another year or two from now. And it's looking back on Pi's time when quarantine hit and he was trapped in a hotel. Okay. Okay. And so, like, he's got these adventures with all these animals in, in his hotel suite. And... Um, you know, maybe he can't get out because there's like, uh, I forget what I wrote in here. Maybe it's like an alligator or something is like blocking the way out. Okay. And it's just like, it's this whole beautiful journey that instead of taking place on a boat in the ocean, takes place in a hotel suite somewhere in the world. Okay. Um, yeah. Great, I love it. Uh, and so I've cast it here. Megan, you're going to be the interviewer. Okay. Steve, you're going to be Pi and I'll be guard. And this is sort of the like, 
ending the final scene of the movie. This is um, what's what you missed out on in the first movie where they're explaining everything again for the third time. This is that part. Okay. Um, so interior library day interviewer sits across from pie at a tiny desk in a small dimly lit library. So the sloth was your son. Pie stares at her expressionless. And the mongoose was the bellhop. The king cobra was the desk attendant. The giraffe, the cook, the porcupine, your wife, and the alligator. Pie nods. Now, which story do you prefer? Interviewer looks to her notes and smiles. It truly is an incredible story. Then you'll let me tell it. That's why you're here, isn't it? Interviewer smiles as guard enters, juggling some keys. It's time. That's the end of your last wish. Last wish? Pi stands, and we see that his hands are cuffed to his waist. So, your story doesn't have a happy ending. Well, that's for you to decide. It's your story now. Guard escorts Pi out of the prison library as the music swells and fades to a black star field. <laughs> Credits. <laughs> Love it. I love it so much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it so much. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, he murdered everyone. Yeah, in he this. killed the shit out of everyone. <laughs> he killed the shit out of everyone. Oh, my God. Oh. Poor porcupine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't believe the mongoose went down, too. Those shit. They're. Well, I think the mongoose killed the snake, and then... <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah fuck you, cobra. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, yeah, again, just... Like, like yours has actually made a lot of sense. Mine is just goofy as fuck. I love uh, it. <laughs> but, um, I'm trying to think of what the... <laughs> how, how those things would have... And, like, the people that they represent... The desk attendant is like the super snaky looking guy. I have no idea. I was just, I was just plugging and <laughs> dragging and dropping names with it. like the who giraffe, would work in a hotel. The giraffe, the cook, dude's got a real big neck. Huge neck. <laughs> the porcupine, your wife. Okay, she's, she's got, got that. She got the spiky she's hair. Got the spiky. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> that that was Karen. I was thinking, yeah, she was just prickly, and that's why he killed her. Um, oh. <laughs> okay. that's pretty good um, yeah all right well thanks thanks for humoring my I love stupid it. thing um hey you got in you got out you got the bits there it is that's right that's right easy peasy uh megan i think because she read the book and probably has a deeper understanding than anybody at this mm. at this table um maybe is going to be a little bit more uh, entertaining than hers. We'll see. I'm not sure about that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So this takes place after Richard Parker has left into the mm -hmm. jungle. It takes place for an audience specifically, like Steve, who believes that Richard Parker was a real tiger. Yes. And I love him. What's it called? It's called Life of Pi 2, The Claude Shank Redemption. <laughs> 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 and so, it's a good title 
Chris. Um, I highlighted it, your lines. You'll be, um, you will be the human and Richard Parker. <laughs> okay. Um, Steve, you will be Richard Barker, the Mastiff. Okay. Is that how you say it? The Mastiff, like those big dogs? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I like that you named him Richard Barker and not Bob Barker. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that would have been better. No, but Richard Barker <laughs> and Richard Parker is really good. <laughs> Super excited. Yes. <laughs> okay. So Life of Pi 2, the Claude Shank Redemption. <laughs> Lights up on Richard Parker where we last saw him, barreling into the Mexican jungle, a bag of flesh and bones, but a heart of striped black, orange, and gold. Overcome with emotion and wrought with hunger, Richard Parker descends across the jungle lands as a a faint humming of Bruce Springsteen propels him further and further until he stumbles across a watering hole, replete with 30 to 50 feral hogs. As I said, I, I don't actually know if hogs are indigenous to Mexico, and this is why we need dramaturgs. <laughs> so we zoom in on Richard Parker's eyes, narrowing. We zoom in on the feral hog's eyes, narrowing. Zoom in on Richard Parker zoom, licking his lips. Zoom in on the feral hog kicking his hoof in the dirt, revving up to attack. Zoom in on Richard Parker tying a napkin around his neck. <laughs> zoom in on the feral hog sitting in a boxing ring on a stool with a wrestling belt on, yes. getting massaged by one feral hog while another squirts water into his mouth. <laughs> one last shot of Richard Parker as he pounces as fast as a bullet and meets the feral hog in midair. Next shot is an Acme-style ball of dirt encompassing the scene. Wild animal noises like elephants filling the air. We zoom out as darkness descends and as the cloud, uh, the dirt cloud disappears. We see Richard Parker, belly protruding, picking his teeth with a toothpick as 30 to 50 feral hog skeletons surround him. He turns over, grabbing a skeleton like a teddy bear, and drifts into a dreamless sleep. Richard Parker wakes with a start. It must be midday. He sniffs. He sniffs some more. Oh, it can't be. One of his kind is nearby. A tiger. He hasn't seen a tiger in 84 years. He rears up and starts bolting, frantically sniffing and searching for his kin. He leaps and runs across the jungle until slam! He barrels headfirst into an orange and black rock and they propel forward, falling in tandem over a hill until Richard Parker lands on top of the rock. But this isn't a rock at all. It's a beautiful, majestic female tiger. You're going to say it's a rock lobster. (laughs) I wish I did. (laughs) But no, it's a female tiger. And we can tell it's a female tiger because we'll see GI huge eyelashes on her, just like a green M&M. So she'll be way easier to sexualize. Lady gremlin. Yep. (laughs) I'm a woman. (laughs) But the female tiger seductively blinks and giggles coquettishly. Nice bumping into you, cutie. She says. Richard Parker is at a loss for words. He guffaws, slack-jawed, until we hear running coming up behind them. A human enters the fray with a massive mastiff at his heels. Claudia! The human car. (laughs) Claudia! I messed that up. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Never. The human calls. Oh, there you are. And you found a friend. Claudia jumps up, tantalizingly swaying her feline hips as she sashays towards a human. She flicks her tail, exposing her perfect starfish of a butthole. See you later, Stag. Come on, Claudia. Richard Barker, let's go home. The hunter says. Richard Parker stands at attention, surprised that his name has been said by anyone besides that pestilent teenager he had the misfortune of spending 227 days with. (laughs) The Mastiff starts growling at Richard Parker. 
He called my name, loser. Get lost. He's my human. Mine. But the human has other plans. Oh, eager, are we? You want to spend more time with Claudia? I can see why. She's beautiful, but doesn't know it. If I was 30 years younger, hoo-hoo, she had better watch out. I mean, look at those eyelashes. She looks like the green M&M. Well, you're welcome to come along. We always need more tigers on the compound. Richard Parker follows the human, Claudia, and Richard Barker, the Mastiff, back to the huge mansion awaiting them just to hop, skip, and jump away from their current location. Inside was everything a tiger could dream of. Lush greenery, tranquil pools, and mountains of mountains of cool snow. Richard Parker missed his snow-topped mountain home and immediately bounded towards the peak. But as he bounded into the mountain, he just sunk deeper into the powder. (laughs) This wasn't a mountain at all. The human yelped. Hey, what are you doing? Get out of there! Don't hurt the merchandise! Claudia swayed by Richard Parker's side. We have complete freedom here, she purred. We have unlimited water, food, and tons of time to play. We just can't touch their white snow. That's the only rule. Richard Parker quickly jumped out of the mountain of powder. Well, maybe I don't like rules. But he abided by them anyway. Richard Barker, the Mastiff, stood by and growled. Months passed, and Richard Parker's relationship with both the human and Claudia progressed. Claudia and Richard Parker shared their first kiss as they swum in the pool. (laughs) Richard Parker, who has anxiety around deep pools of water, needs Claudia's help as he learns to reintegrate with it. They swim and play constantly, (laughs) and their love deepens. All the while, the human has taken great interest in Richard Parker. He quickly rises to the top as his go-to animal, leaving Richard Barker the mastiff in the dust. In one instance, the human has one massive meat-filled dog treat. As he gives the treat to Richard Parker, we see Richard Barker on the edge of the frame, (laughs) growling as he descends into the shadows. (sighs) Things couldn't be going better for Richard Parker. As he lays in a post-coital glow with Claudia, she leans over and places his paw on her perfectly proportioned stomach. It's a girl, Richard Parker. (laughs) Richard Parker beams, tears instantly springing to his eyes. This is all that he'd ever dreamed of. Her name will be Paula, after my mother. Paula, I like that. She giggles as Richard Parker leans over and begins the tiger lovemaking all over again. The next morning, Richard Parker wakes up, kisses Claudia on her shining brow, and heads out for his morning jog around the compound. As he's halfway through his routine, he hears an ungodly screech. It's Claudia! Richard Parker! Help me! He runs as fast as he can, galloping through the compound until he gets to their room where he sees Richard Barker, the mastiff, with his gargantuan teeth at the base of Claudia's throat. Richard Barker, let her go. Richard Barker laughs without humor. (laughs) Before you came, I had it all, Parker. I had the human's love, respect. I had the most attention, and you took that all away from me. Now, I will take it all away from you. As Richard Parker screams, and jolts forward fear in his eyes, we hear a sickening crunch and a thump as Claudius bumps to the ground, dead. Richard Parker approaches, forlorn and defeated. Claudia. 
Suddenly, the human enters. He sees Claudia bore open and Richard Parker cradling her body, covered in her blood. Richard Barker, the Mastiff, slinks over to his feet. I can't believe it! Away with ye! You destroyed our prized tiger! Her eyelashes will never again know beauty! I will get rid of you! I will! Avast! With that, the human turns on his heel and slams and locks the door. The last view Richard Parker sees before the door to his former life and closes him again is Richard Barker the Mastiff, grinning wickedly. An hour later, the door swings open. A zookeeper is there with a huge cave, ready to corral Richard Parker into his new confined future. Richard Parker's eyes widen in fear. He can't go back to the caged life. No, not again. With one last look at Claudia and his unborn child, Richard Parker rears up, jumps on the zookeeper, overpowers him, throws him in the cage, and padlocks it closed. Out of respect for Pi, I will not take your life tonight. You will suffer alone in a cage until someone deigns to grace you with attention and maybe set you free. This enclosure will help you rethink your own involvement in animal cruelty and incarceration. If I hear that you continue to harbor animals in cages, I will not hesitate to take you down. The zookeeper does not understand this, but he gets a gift. Just, he bows his head in submission as Richard Parker sprays his dominance all over his face. Looking back at his handiwork, he turns out the door to find Richard Parker. He finds him at the top of his California king dog bed. He's in bed with three bitches, yep. celebrating his climb to the top of animal hierarchy. The female dogs have CGI eyelashes. Richard Parker eyes Richard Parker, stalking at the end of his bed. Well, 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 someone escaped. I always knew you had it in you. Ladies, scatter. We men have some violence we need to take care of. <laughs> Richard Parker stands motionless, his tail flickering while Richard Barker stands upright, cracking his neck. <laughs> Let's do this quickly. The human should be almost finished with my dinner. But remember, I like it rough. As you wish. Before Richard Barker could even yell, Richard Parker extends his six-inch claws in the air and shanks Richard Barker's sides. A few squelches later, Richard Parker's claws come back into view with a full male's reproductive track attached to his claws. You stole my wife from me. You stole my unborn child from me. In return, I steal your unborn children. And I steal your life. No! Richard Barker squeaks out as he falls to the ground, motionless, a clawed shank redemption. <laughs> Richard Parker throws Richard Barker's spayment onto the ground and turns around to flick up his heels like a cat does who buries their poop because they don't like the smell. The next shot, we see Richard Parker looking back on the compound from the mouth of the jungle, back onto his old life that is no more. Richard Parker lifts his chin, whispering, I'll never forget you, Claudia. And he bounds off into the distance, ready to taste the freedom he has longed for for so long. He is not flesh and bones anymore, but he still has a heart of striped black, orange, and gold. Yeah! <laughs> that was amazing! <laughs>
I've never seen the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> you nailed it. Uh, I mean, you. I wouldn't believe that you've never seen it because that line, it's time to do some violence, is straight out of that. <laughs> That's just how I figure men talk. Yeah, yeah. And you were right. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, that was, thank you. See, now that was a treat. That's what I was looking for. I'm there glad. I'm glad I didn't provide it. <laughs> <laughs> Yours are so sweet, though. Oh no, that was great. Truly, that was. I could see it. that was so well written, like as a story. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, that yeah, was perfect. I don't know you, how to write screenplays at all. That's totally like it was so well like illustrated. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. perfectly picture every little moment. <laughs> I uh, I was. You you kind of got me when they killed Claudia. Oh yeah, I got, I got, I got a little choked up. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, um, but it was so earned with <laughs> just the claws digging into that dog, uh-huh. you know, going down. I respect animal violence. <laughs> As a sixteen-year vegetarian, that's all I look for in, my, in the stories that I produce. Oh, uh, yeah, that you, was amazing. Do you have any other uh, opinions on the green M&M? You want to get out? <laughs> Why is she so sexy? That's so stupid. She's an inanimate object. And they're like, I mean, I don't think her. she's sexy. I think she's tasty. Oh, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but like the she's M&Ms a are delicious treat. I know she has like proportions. They're like, let's give her. Does a- she really? She, she's got a booty. She's got mm-hmm. a booty. And she also melts in your mouth and not in your hand. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, she can get it. He <laughs> told you. That's wild. I didn't realize that. And, but none of the other M&Ms have, like, features? No. The other they're, M&Ms are just blobs. And then they're what? like, we got to make her a woman. So she's got, like, red lipstick and eyelashes. Sense. Boots. The yellow one has a slight crack in the back of it. It's like a big fan theory. I'm serious. No, like, <laughs> no, not like down there, but oh, like no, a like, crack in like the back of the like the head part. Oh, you know really? why? Why? Because he busted a nut. <laughs> When he saw the green M&M. I hate you so much. (laughs) (laughs) That's rich. Oh Oh Ah. my God. That was well done. Well played. Well played. Um, We should just tell jokes for the next (laughs) 10 minutes. Um, No. (laughs) Megan. Thank you so much for sharing this story and for sharing this experience of this, this yeah. beautiful movie and making fun of it and not making fun of it necessarily, but you know, like making silly versions of what it's. I don't, I don't think Egley would direct any three of these. No, he's no. already on my cell phone. Yeah, <laughs> pitching it to. Well, me. he wouldn't make a sequel in general. They made a sequel to Crouching Tiger that he had nothing to do with, and oh. it is truly awful. Yeah, oh, um, they did it for money. Yeah. Not for the love of the art. Um, but before we get out of here, yeah. is there anything that, um, I know we're in like a weird time with quarantine right now, but is there anything you're working on or uh, that you want to plug? Maybe you want to, to like, either a show you're watching or a book you're reading that you want to get people involved in or? Yeah, I mean, the clowns and I from Hot Clown Company are working on an outdoor show. We've been out in Winnemac Park making clown houses out of cardboard box and running around and we look like we're naked and 
milk cartons, That's which awesome. is really fun. So follow <laughs> us on Instagram and Facebook at Hot Clown Company. And um, read the book, even Cowgirls Get the Blues, because it's a great book. Awesome. And what about if anybody wanted to follow you as an individual on social media? How could they do that? Oh, yeah. Follow me on Twitter um, for at Begin for Megan. And <laughs> four is the number. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, I mean, I could talk more about animal abuse uh, and and sexism in marketing <laughs> uh, all day. But, you know, I've I've uh, I've actually got to run. Oh. I um, I'm going to be making a silent movie. But first, I have to make a movie about how I'm going to make that silent movie <laughs> that is also going to be a silent movie. I love it. <laughs> uh, sorry, but I gotta run. Uh, me and my other um, like army government buddies have to get this elephant onto a plane and then drop it into this <laughs> village. <laughs> um, and actually, I gotta run too because on the drive home, I'm gonna call my girlfriend's mom on the payphone. I'll say I was the cops and that her husband's in jail and that the cops have down on sodomy. Because no one likes you when you're 23. And that's about the time that bitch hung up on me. Nobody likes you when you're 23. And I still want to lose my bank phone calls. What the hell is call ID? My friends say I should have my age.